0: Welcome to On the Books. This is Brian Niemeyer, Brianniemeyer.com. And with me today is a special guest, Raul Nianzi at uh, RaulNianzi.com, author of Sword and Flower. And today we are going to be discussing, well, what would you like to discuss today, Raul?
1: I would like to discuss some of the old pulp magazines I've been reading as of late.
0: Good before we get into that, um, do you have anything else, any current events, any news that you'd like to share with the listeners?
1: Uh, first, go watch that Wonder Woman movie. Don't worry about it at all. It's not the big feminist propaganda thing thing you might assume it is because all the rah-rah about it really is, really is just over-eager fans, not the studio itself.
0: Agreed. Yeah, we just discussed it on Geekab with Adorno uh, and Daddy Warpig on Saturday. And that was basically the consensus. I know that you stopped by the, the chat to uh dispense some wisdom. So thank you for that.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Also yeah. Also, also, have any of you have any of you listeners watched My Hero Academia yet? You should.
0: I, I know I really should, but I'm gonna admit I haven't yet. I've, I've been so busy writing,
1: have not any any chance to uh, watch anything. Oh, likewise. Don't worry about it. It, yeah, but yeah, but those of you who don't have, but those of you who don't have gigantic projects to be working on, go watch My Hero Academia. You can watch it free on Crunchyroll, so it won't even cost you any money.
0: Well, thanks for the tip. I'll have to, I'll have to catch up on that. So yes. <laughs> getting into our main topic. So you have been going back and checking out pulp magazines. When I say old, you mean like from the, the golden age? Are we talking more like stuff you've been going back a hundred years ago or more like World War II era? Like what what's the the time frame?
1: The nineteen thirties mostly.
0: Alright, actually, I... So
1: yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'll no, continue. Well, that's an excellent
0: time period, um, and I'm sure P. Alexander and Jeffro would would endorse that. So, can you give us a sampling of what you've read?
1: Well, you know, Well, yeah. You know, give me, give me, give me a minute here. Okay, am I still on? Yes, you are. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Give. Yeah. Yeah. Just give me. Yeah. Just give me a little minute here. Let me just look right fast. You sure, see. Well. Yeah, I've read. Yeah, you see, I've read magazines like Thrilling Adventures, also things like Action Stories. No, that's what they're called. Things like that, but also, awesome. I, yeah, but also I found other things that weren't necessarily, you know, about slam bang action, such as Spicy Stories. And these are some, and these magazines really do come off as a little bit silly sometimes. Especially though, especially the spicy stories.
0: I'd imagine, so I'm curious, where did you pick those up?
1: Ah, there's a, there's this website. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's this website. Yeah, again, I'm just, I'm just going to pull up the name. It's called, uh, okay, let's
0: see.
1: Yeah, it's called the Pulp Fiction Magazine Archives, luminist.org, slash archives, (laughs) slash PU. I
0: will tell you what, would you be able to put that into our chat? Yeah, the the actual, not the one on uh, YouTube, but our actual chat window, and I will put it in the show notes after the show.
1: Check it out. All right then. Yeah. I'm too, okay. Let me see if I can pull up a chat window because I'm doing this from my mobile device. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't want to put you out. If uh, If it's easier, you can just email it to me later,
1: and I can. I'll email it to you later. Yeah. But right, but yeah. But yeah. Those these stories that I have here, they're extreme. Yeah. They have a certain tenor to them. That's quite different from from stuff you would see today.
0: Interesting. How did? What's one example of something that you would see published in a pulp magazine in the 30s that you would never see today in Asimov's or stuff in fantasy?
1: Oh, oh, that's a pretty easy one. "Fight for Freedom" by yeah, yeah. There was yeah, there was one I read in particular called "Fight for Freedom." And it was, and it was by, uh, let me see, let me see it. I want to say, I want to be able to tell you where to find it. Sure. Yeah. 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 There's, yeah, there was one call. All right. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't, yeah, this is just me being a little disorganized here, but I'm good.
0: A lot of writers are, That, that that's really fun. We're hanging out, man folks in the chat are talking about Zeta Gundam, which I fully endorse. <laughs> so I've seen
1: the original Gundam and also Gundam Wing, but not Zeta. Oh, you need to see so. Zeta. All right,
0: guys, guys in the chat, back me up here.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Gundam Wing will always come first for me. Tell, That's what I thought. Tell them that.
0: That is what I thought <laughs> until I saw Zeta. I, I was where you are now, and it changed my mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but enough. Okay, but All enough right. about Gundam Wing. Let's talk about. Um, That one story called, yeah, called "Fight for Freedom." Shit, man. Okay. Oh, okay. I know where to find it. I know where to find. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. I haven't lost it. I haven't lost it. While he's looking. Okay. Okay. I found it. it. I found it. Found it. June nineteen thirty-nine. Thrilling adventures. Called Excellent. yeah, fight for freedom by Jackson Cole. It's one of those stories that would not get published in Asimov or whatever today, because well, let's just say that it features an Englishman who is very proud of his country, very proud of his yeah, very proud of his culture, and and you know he's fighting to free the Dutch people from the evil of the Spanish Armada, and. Well, I can I'll continue. Yeah,
0: go on. Yeah, and well, I was just going to say that our our, our previous guest um, friend of the show, Justin Knight, might be interested in that one in particular. Please go on.
1: Yeah. Again, let me reiterate. Fight for freedom, which is in which is in thrilling adventures, June nineteen thirty nine. Yeah, it. it's yeah. It's yeah, it I mean it's just I mean it really is just like a good guy versus a bunch of bad guys and he just beats the crap out of them.
0: Outstanding. So there but you go. It, but
1: but I noticed something but I noticed something very interesting too. Yeah. Now remember that publication date, 1939. Yes, they're fighting mm-hmm. the Spanish Armada, but yeah, but the main heavy is a German I don't think that's an accident. Almost oh, certainly not. In now, fact, I'm pretty sure it isn't.
0: Now, however, would you say that that lapses into message fic? Or do you say it, it works and still entertaining and you know, what, why or why not?
1: It ain't message fic at all. It's just a generic, you know, fi- you know fight against oppression type of story. <laughs> All right. It's it, I don't think do it. yeah, it, I don't think they had message back then. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure they did. But also there was a yeah, but also but also one thing I noticed about a lot of these old stories well, Yeah, what yeah, was that um Still there, man? Yeah, th- yeah. That was one. That was a great thing I liked about them.
0: All right, I think you cut out there for a second. Yeah, I way.
1: said that was the one. That's one thing I liked about them. They did not waste time at all. All right, so a lot of economy, word economy, no fluff. That, that's the best way to describe it, if you ask me.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's the gold standard for short stories. I I totally agree
1: with you. Yeah, I mean, the short... Yeah, but, you know... Yeah, but, you know, we're we're often... I think it could work for longer stories, too, because we're often told that, you know, you should fluff things up with a lot of description. I've always been of the opinion that just enough description to set the scene, then keep it moving.
0: I couldn't concur more with you. Um, I generally just give just enough because what I can describe to you is never going to match what your imagination can fill in. So in particular, I usually leave descriptions to the uh, first time a character enters a setting. I describe the three most important things and, and that's it.
1: Ah, uh, good, good, good plan. Very, a very good. Yeah. Very good plan. And yeah, a bit, yeah, very good, good plan. It's yeah, just yeah, just reading this old stuff, I'm like, you know, wow. Who think wow, just just these simple things that they're putting in here would be considered would be considered kind of problematic now.
0: Oh I've no doubt.
1: Oh. Cool. And uh, and especially in light of um, current events. There yeah there yeah there's another story called Blood Debt of the Legion in Action Stories October 1938 again Blood Debt of the Legion Action Stories 90 October 1938 This particular story is set in Algeria So you see where I'm going with this Oh yes yeah. yeah yeah I mean especially in light of um certain current events, you see, a story like that written today, being written today, would be considered highly problematic. However, However. here's the important thing you need to know about this story, Blood, Dead of the Legion. While it does, while it does portray, while it does a Muslim opponent, the main heavy is... One of the is one of the legion's officers because he had done something to provoke them. He had done something really bad to provoke to provoke them to co- to come attack in the first place and it was not and this was not written in a way so as to uh, demean the legion. you see what I mean? Yeah that's what makes even this one different than how it would be written today. Yeah, you know the pulps are often stereotyped, man. I mean, I'm sure you've heard this oh, yeah. from like
0: the, the tour crowd. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I've heard it too. But but reading that one, I was like Yeah, it was quite yeah, it was quite a nice story. I mean, not all of the stories are my cup of tea, cuz remember, these are short story collections. <laughs> but these yeah, but these stories you know, the it, I just like the I just like the way they're told. I just kind of like the way they're told.
0: Yeah, that no no frills, no fluff. Get to the action. Like Bradford Walker in the chat says, use action without dialogue to convey character. Find that that's a good principle. That that's something the pulps were good at.
1: Oh yeah. And another, yeah, and another thing as well, you have to also remember the kind of media environment that existed at the time. Mm-hmm. What was the only mass media that was being used then? Anybody in the chat want to take this one? Yeah, in the 1930s. Can anyone tell me what was the major mass media at the time?
0: Let's give it a second because of the delay here. Okay. I'm sure they know.
1: Ron, you guys are smart. All right. All right. Brian, tell me what they're saying.
0: Gonna give them another second. All right. Yes. Bradford Walker has it. Radio
1: in all caps. Ye- exclamation yep.
0: point.
1: Yep. Yep. That's it. Radio.
0: I would have marked them and, wrong uh, in lowercase without the exclamation point, by the way. But anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Radio. What that means is a lot of the. Yeah. yeah the, what that means is for. Elaborate stories, whether you're talking about science fiction and fantasy or just the kind of regular stuff I was seeing. Yeah, because most of what I was reading here was not science fiction or fantasy. An important point. You see, because, yeah, because the only mass media was radio, you had, you had to go to written materials for your action fix. You, you had to. It's not an accident that decline with the rise of television in the fifties. Yeah, I, I
0: agree. Um, I don't know if you've ever studied uh, an information science professor named Marshall McLuhan. He he uh, he studied media, and he's the guy who coined the phrase "the medium," and. Yeah, television is really a completely different animal than radio is.
1: Yes, and uh, and because and also because these stories could now yeah, and because these stories could now be told in a visual medium, in a visual medium in a way that's immediately accessible. Well. And, you know these. You know these sort of. You know that you had to for your fix. You had to go now to longer novels because remember TV then tended to be very repetitive, story based mm. stuff like we do now. I mean, you really notice this when you watch DVD collections of old shows,
0: yeah, especially the commercials. It's just repeating the the same message over and over and over to try to drill it in people's heads. I know what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and also, yeah, and also, case in point, Lee Brackett. If you know anything about her career trajectory, know that originally she wrote pulps, but then mm-hmm. she moved to screenwriting. Again, this is no accident. That makes
0: sense. Yeah, I know the uh, the story goes that uh, George Lucas contacted her. Eight. The Empire Strikes Back and asked him, oh, well did did you get a hold of me because I wrote Rio Bravo? And he said, No, because you wrote pulps.
1: <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean he did you see, and and again, that underlines my point. He was basing yeah, he you see, George Lucas was basing it on those old pulp was basing Star Wars on those old pulps. Because now the technology had advanced to the point where yeah, while we didn't have home movies as of yet, it, you know already, you know already the visual medium was widespread, and that was the primary way people got their entertaining stories. Right. Thus, leaving short, just leaving the short stories to the literate, to the literati crowd.
0: How- yeah, wow. there was a big. Yeah. No, no, no. Continue. Go ahead. I was just saying, yeah, you're right, there's a a big influx into the editorships of fantasy and sci-fi magazines during that period from failed literary fiction writers.
1: Yeah, I personally think that was because the good writers had already left for greener pastures. That's That's just what I think. But, yeah, but also, have another theory. Only time will tell if this bears out. That I think people would be willing to read, you know, to read a bit more, if if, if they were getting stories like they were like they're getting on TV and in movies. That's mm-hmm. why I like. That's why I, that yeah. That's why I like stuff like Kersova, Projects like Kersova. even. Even as with these old pulps, which Kurosova is modeled after, by the way. I mean, I mean, I saw stuff in those old things that I see exactly where P. Alexander is going with it. Well, speaking of which, he's in the chat, and he pointed out that uh, the
0: best pulp writers who moved to the screen didn't necessarily write science fiction for movies and TV, but Raymond F. Jones did write this islander.
1: Oh, but it's yeah, but it's important to remember that yeah, that a lot of these pulps were not necessarily sci-fi and fantasy. In fact, most of the ones I found weren't. Really? Yeah, mo yeah, I I wasn't looking at stuff like Weird Tales and the like. I just wanted to look at just the general things someone in the nineteen thirties would be reading. Much of what I found at least on that website I told you. But much of what I found was not sci-fi or fantasy. The closest I got to fantasy was the historical fiction like that I'm telling you about such a, you know, about the fight for freedom. Right, so do you think the spicy
0: stories is more representative on the whole?
1: Pretty much, actually. That and the Westerns. Lots and lots of Westerns.
0: That's a fascinating point, because the Westerns, were, of course, huge. I mean, everybody knows that, but there's just a point where they stopped being published, and from what I've heard selling, it was just a unilateral decision was made. Well, we're done with these. We're not going to publish westerns anymore.
1: Uh, I I imagine it was the same with film. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know anything about the history of that particular genre too much, so I don't want to talk on that to you know at length right but i'm yeah but reading the but reading this stuff yeah but yeah but reading this stuff again you know you know, you know how are the Western stereotyped there you know it's basically some flavor of they're racist colonialist trash you know what i mean i know what you mean yeah, while I hadn't read a lot of those westerns because personally I'm not that interested in westerns. So you know, these these pul- yeah these pulps which are often yeah which are often stereotyped in the same way. And again, I wasn't going out looking for examples that br- that bucked the trend. I found that bucked the trend. You know, uh, you know they generally did. You know, like I remember reading somewhere that. Out and out racist villains, you know. Out and out racist characters are usually presented as villains, and I would, and I find, and I found that to be the case generally. Okay. Yeah, I, I find
0: it interesting that there were there were more westerns you found among magazines from the '30s than straight up fantasy. I find that fascinating.
1: Oh, actually yeah, actually I uh, actually I have a uh, uh, there's another thing I want to say about that. Mm-hmm. You see, long ago I read a book by a guy by a film critic named James Bowman. It was called Honor. And one thing that stuck with me was how he pointed out the history of movies, the history of film rather, or the uh, and the evolution of heroism in film. He pointed out that at first a lot of movies when they portrayed heroism portrayed true stories, hmm. stories linked to, you know, closely int- intertwined with real history, so, you know, such as the Western. Right Then next we moved on to anti-heroes, you know, your Han Solos, your cool hand Lukes, that kind of thing. You know, we moved on your Dirty Harrys, you know, we moved on to the anti-hero. Still grounded in reality, but now there's much more cynicism about authority. About, you know, about the old heroic narratives, you know what I mean?
0: Right, like uh, also the, the Punisher, although he might be more of a villain protagonist, but...
1: Yeah, you know, but uh, of- I was getting to that. And then what he considers, then he oh. gets to what what he considers to be the nadir of heroism in fiction. The superhero. He's Why he considers it the nadir? It's because while well, the superhero was a fantasy figure in essence you're saying that heroism is nothing but childish fantasy. Yeah, you can't you can't tell stories about real heroes anymore and when you try to you're usually just talking about heroic victims.
0: Hmm. Do you think you that is tell,
1: Yeah, you're Yeah, you, it's that you're not it's that we're using fantasy heroes. He claims that we're using fantasy heroes because We are, because we're socially not allowed to talk about real heroes. After all, we've spent all of 40 years denigrating heroism.
0: So do you think that has anything to do with the current glut of superhero movies at theaters nowadays?
1: Actually, well, well, I don't necessarily share Bowman's perspective on it, but I do, but yeah, but yes, but to a certain extent, yes. You know, people have noted that the superhero genre seems to have replaced the Western, the go-to crowd-pleaser genre. Mm-hmm. The Yeah, and, and attempts to revive the Western, you've noticed. Apologies. It's okay. Yeah, yeah I'll take that. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Yeah, yeah, as I was saying, you see, attempts to... Right, right, right. Yeah, give me a minute. All right. Sure. While you're uh, seeing to
0: that, that yeah. does lead me to segue into guys like Peter Grant, writes for Castellia House. He has written uh, two highly successful and highly claimed Western books. Uh, Brings the Lightning and Rocky Mountain Retribution, if I
1: remember correctly. I have read. I have read Brings the Lightning. So I have not yet read Rocky Mountain Retribution. I've not, yeah, I've not yet read Rocky Mountain Retribution, so, yeah, yeah so I still got to get to that.
0: Mind if I put you on the spot and ask how you found The Betrayal of the Western in Brings the Lightning? Do you think that it, it stacks up to the, the older pulps you've read?
1: Do you want my honest opinion?
0: <laughs> That's the kind of opinion I want.
1: I thought it was garbage, to be honest. And when I say garbage, I mean, capital G, I mean, capital G garbage. Let me explain. Again, no Again, no offense to Peter Grant. I mean, I think Peter Grant's a cool guy. But, yeah, but I did not like Brings the Lightning at all. Let me tell you why. That book is slow. I mean we're talking yeah I mean we're talking snail's pace here. He spent I mean characters spend half half a chapter packing up for God's sake. And oh, the action, cool And the action is so lackluster. Now I get now I know Peter Grant's life history. I know why he I know I know that he has said things to the effect that he doesn't find violence really entertaining because, you know, he was an actual soldier and he's seen the effects of violence. So, so yeah, so he doesn't like to play it up a whole lot. But, but brings the lightning was just awful in my opinion. In my honest opinion.
0: Okay. Well, no. Thanks for, thanks for putting it on the line like that. And yeah, you know. I'm,
1: yeah. Again. Again, I got nothing against Peter Grant. Nothing.
0: Yeah. All right. This is business, not personal. This is this is literary criticism.
1: Yeah, you asked for my yeah, you asked for my honest yeah. opinion and I gave it.
0: That's all. That's yeah. all. Thank you. Uh, I, I, I'm sure if you he were here, he would appreciate the feedback because you know he he's an adult, he's a pro.
1: Yeah, I mean he's been through he's been through some pretty serious shit. I mean, if you've read his blog.
0: By your Renaissance Man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, but that's why I want, that's why I do want to see Rock, if he improves with Rocky Mountain Retribution. If the pacing improves, if the action improves, that kind of thing. Okay,
0: yeah. Sometimes it, it can take kind of a, a Rocky uneven first book to really get your footing. And the second one, with, with all the exposition out of the way, you, you hit the ground running.
1: uh yeah i don't know if it was anthony marchetta or somebody who basically yeah who basically yeah who basically gave my book a big tongue tongue lashing so i i don't know it was one it was one of them super subversive people i mean it got nothing against them either it's just you know my book got harshly criticized so i figured peter could take it too
0: yeah if you write a book let me tell you that's that's how you know you're a real writer if you've actually said something, if you've actually put yourself out there, no two people can agree on pizza toppings. Okay, I mean you're, you are gonna get raked over the coals at some point. It's happened to me. It's it's happened to Stephen King. I mean it's it's happened to Shakespeare. <laughs> no oh well,
1: oh yeah, I'm not I'm not terri- I'm not terribly worried. So don't worry about that. Yeah, I'm not it's, I'm not like torn up over it. So we well, good. We don't want to worry. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, yeah, and as and as I was saying, the super yeah, as we were saying about westerns and superhero movies, I consider superhero movies the go-to crowd pleaser for movies today. Yeah, for movies today, like westerns were in the past. It's, well yeah. on that note, we we are
0: out of time. Actually, in fact, oh my god, yeah, we're a bit over time, but that's okay because I don't use the time limit. As an arbitrary cutoff point, I want the guests to fully develop an idea. And you have developed many ideas, so thank you for
1: sharing. <laughs> thank you for letting me on. And I, yeah, and yeah, just before you cut me off here, yeah, please, yeah, anyone listening, yeah, please buy, yeah, please purchase Sword and Flower. Yeah, I, re- yeah, I'm really proud. I'm really proud of that work, and I think you, and I think you all would enjoy it. It's not a long read, but it should, yeah. But it should give you some good enjoyment.
0: All right. Well, you can find a link to Sword and Flower by Roland Yonzi in the show notes below. You can check out his website. You can check out my website, Kairos, as well as Geek Gab Prime, our regular show on Saturdays. Subscribe right below. And remember, because of YouTube policies, you must now double secret subscribe, but not only clicking subscribe, but also the little bell icon. So this has been our Rol Nyanzi talking about the pulps. Thanks to everybody listening at home, everyone in the chat. We'll see you next time and keep reading.
1: Ah, all right then. Nice.